heralding another multi-billion dollar import of weaponry. The first of 22 AH-64E-1 Apache Guardian attack helicopters was formally handed over to the Indian Air Force by Boeing at the production facility in Meza, Arizona on 10th of May. These copters have been configured as per the IAF specifications. The addition of AH-64E-1 helicopter is a significant step towards the modernization of IAF's helicopter fleet and would have significant capability in mountainous terrain, an IAF statement said. Interestingly, there is no mention of Indian Army or even an oblique reference to supporting them in the IAF's public statements about the induction. The Apaches come as a vital shot in the arm for attack helicopter capability that has been greatly diminished over years. Two squadrons of MI-35 helicopters, formerly based out of 104SQN at Suratgar and 125SQN at Pathankot, have now been reduced to a single, almost notional capability. An avionics and night upgrade package for the vintage MI-35s was undertaken through Israel Aerospace Limited in 2002-2003. This kept the birds bought through the Indian Army's budget, but operated and maintained by the IAF, mission-worthy for a decade. Soon, maintenance and overhaul woes grounded most of these helicopters. First of the four older MI-25s were gifted to Afghanistan in July 2018. As such, these machines are hardly supportable in India today. Eastern origin helicopters like the MI-35 and MI-26, though robust and powerful in their heydays, fell upon bad times after the breakup of the erstwhile Soviet Union. Poor availability of spares, short time between overhaul cycles, high maintenance requirements coupled with the splintering of OEM sources after the breakup drove many assets to ground till new contracts were identified for overhaul and sourcing of spares. With about 68% Russian inventory, the Indian Armed Forces are still dependent on Russia for continued supply of spares, maintenance, repair and overhaul and upgrades. Even those have not succeeded in resurrecting the MI-35s that now languish with life-expired components and weapons. For any self-respecting nation with armed forces, capability and force structure must flow out of national security imperatives and a grand strategy. While capability is more important than numbers, every capital acquisition must consider force levels, numbers required to be maintained on the front line as unit establishment and an additional factor applied for maintenance reserves and peacetime or wartime losses. One thing that the IAF can learn from events that unfolded over Jammu and Kashmir on 26th and 27th Feb 2019 is that air assets could be lost at a rapid rate when the balloon goes up. In an aging fleet, peacetime losses also erode numbers. Geostrategically, India sits in a volatile neighbourhood. The three-strike corps of the Indian Army is facing the possibility of a two-front war and the IAF is taking on all responsibility providing SEAD, strike, air defence, tank and bunker busting and close air support for strike formations. In this backdrop are 22 attack helicopters, less than half of which may line up on a squadron's flight line on a good day. Adequate? The Indian Army has also been pitching their own case for attack helicopters owned, operated and maintained by the Army Aviation Corps. The MI-35s were inducted in an era when all that Army aviators had ever flown were light chetaks and cheetahs. IF, as the custodian of all air power wisdom in India, had their say in buying the MI-35 assets out of army budget and operating them, gaining much tactical skills and operational experience. A single army aviator on rotation was posted to the IAF's attack helicopter squadron. No army aviator ever commanded 104 or 125 squadron. 
The army learned attack helicopter operations viciously and waited for an opportunity that never came till the IAF moved its case for 22 attack helicopters. Times have changed. The new crop of army aviators are growing up on modern ALH MK3 and 4, weaponized Rudra helicopters with full glass cockpits, state-of-the-art avionics rockets, guns and anti-tank guided missiles slewed to helmet-mounted sights have replaced armed lancers. The Army Aviation Corps is growing at a remarkable pace, largely boosted by the indigenous capacity of HAL. The Apache AH-64E1 comes with Hellfire anti-tank missiles, 70mm rockets, 30mm chin-mounted automatic cannons, stringer missiles, and longbow fire control radar. The constant tussle between IAF and Indian Army is only bound to get compounded with greater exposure to modern machines such as the Apaches and Chinooks. When numbers are short and challenges are many, it is better to split assets between two contenders or to consolidate them under one service towards a common doctrine. This is a question that the IAF and the army will have to answer in the years to come. Once the finer details are ironed out, they must approach the MOD with a plan that puts national interest above the turf wars or the idiosyncrasies of any one service. The six additional Apaches that have been approved for the Army will hardly be enough to meet individual service needs under the new divide-and-fly approach that seems to be gaining ground over jointmanship. As we continue down this path, cases will be moved by the Army in due course of more numbers. As of now, three squadrons of ten each, justifying it under models borrowed from the country where these machines originate from. In the US, all attack and heavy-lift helicopters are operated by the US Army. Incidentally, the US Air Force was established as a separate service only in 1947 through the National Security Act of 1947. In our case, jointmanship has often been sacrificed at the altar of individual pensions and one-upmanship. Cases like the Apache have potential to set off more inter-service bickering over numbers that are already woefully short. It is also perhaps a good time to look into the model that is being used for computing frontline unit establishment. Experience must guide us towards truly representative numbers for maintenance reserve, spare aircraft procured to account for downtime due maintenance, past wars, slow attrition due to peacetime losses, lessons from the Kargil War, recent skirmishes that saw two aircraft lost in one day, and the full import of all this projected into future battles must be used to build numbers for acquisition. As of now, the six Apaches approved by the Army look like a number pulled out of thin air, former Raksha Mantri A.K. Antony dividing candy between two fighting siblings. The IAF will surely reach the end of its tether justifying future cases for such assets without taking due cognizance of the Indian Army's requirements. The real guardian can never be an imported helicopter or piece of weaponry. Even as we celebrate the induction of the Apache, it is time to acknowledge a solid capability developed in-house, the weaponized ALH Rudra. Bristling with missiles, rockets, cannons, even air-to-air -air missiles, over 30 of these have been inducted by the Army, while another 30 are on the anvil with initial operational clearance. The light combat helicopter, that is the LCH, in due course will add further teeth to our aerial forces once weapon integration is completed and squadrons are commissioned. Take heart that one day over a hundred Rudra or LCH will take vanguard. Slowly but surely, the Indian multi-role helicopter should take wing, designed and developed to Indian requirements, 
carrying a global stamp of quality that will one day breach the million flying hours high watermark of trust foreign OEMs entice us with. Of course, none of this is possible if individual services pursue a divisive agenda while paying lip service to jointmanship. Then, dear readers, we will have something to really cheer about. Happy parenting those projects. Till then, we will have to make do with imported guardians.